Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. The shows that I present here, the news of the day for now months and months, are all tied in together with Trump. Everything is Trump, 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 Trump. You get sick of Trump, Trump, Trump after a while. I try to deviate in these shows and not talk about Trump. Uh, And tonight I will again also because there's other news going on. There's other things happening in this world, believe it or not. Uh, However, tonight I am going to open quickly with three points I want to make regarding Trump. And then I'm going to move into my prepared show. This was an interesting day. The Senate, a Senate uh, investigating committee, heard from six or seven of our intelligence people. You know, the head of the FBI, the head of this, the head of that. And it was interesting what they had to say. Uh, Three things I want to point out to you. This Rob Porter, uh, the president's secretary, the male president's secretary, who's alleged to have either beaten up or sexually harassed or did something to two wives and who uh, resigned this past week from his position in the White House. The man had never been uh, cleared, never had security clearance. And the, the yesterday, the president's people said that, well, we were waiting to hear from the intelligence people, which means the FBI, and they never said anything. Well, the director, Ray, of the FBI said today, under oath, that he had notified, his department had notified on three separate occasions at certain periods during, uh, since the election of the president that Porter had problems and did not have security clearance. And that sort of <laughs> embarrasses the president's team. They, have, of course, say, well, no, it may have come over from the FBI, but it went to this department within the White House, and they didn't finish on it. It's a crock of shit, my friends. That This is seven days. We are into a faux pas that involves Kelly, the president, and they don't know how to get out of it except to lie, lie, lie. I can't believe they're wasting time on this. It also, uh, the, the, uh, these, this group of intelligentsia, these in, head of our intelligence group, said there are as many as 40 people working in the White House uh, directly in the White House or the building adjoining it to, to host the White House staff who have yet in more than a year to receive security clearance. They are working without it because they do not qualify for it. Who the hell's watching the shop? Who's doing things properly? There's an hypocrisy involved here, in my opinion. When Hillary Clinton was running, she had the problem with the... Uh, with her computer there, uh, and she had 25,000 emails that were suspect. Turned out there was nothing involved with any of the 25,000 emails that would really be a 
problem. But what did Trump say? What did the people on television supporting him say? Even Michael Flynn, who has now pled guilty or something, in uh, the Mueller investigation, he said, jail Hillary. Remember? Viciously, with vehemence, jail Hillary. She should be in jail. Well, my God, she did nothing in comparison to what he's doing. He's got people like this uh, Rob Porter handling the most secretive documents, requiring the highest of security clearances without those clearances. Nobody's saying put the president in jail. But the point is, it's it's the pot calling the kettle black uh, when the pot is even blacker than the kettle. The other thing that came up out of this hearing today that hit me that we had a problem. There's no question. Every one of the intelligence people today said Russia did interfere with our election via cyber uh, in 2016. And they said no one is doing anything to prevent it mechanically or otherwise for the 2018 and the 2020 elections. There has been no directive from the president down that we've got to stop this from happening again. What do we do? Let's study it and resolve it. Nothing. Can you believe that? And the other thing, there's really nothing being done with regard to Russia to punish them. This is war. This is an invasion. They invaded our democracy. And nothing's being done except Obama sanctioned them. Then Congress said, Mr. President, we're giving the authority to sanction further if you want to uh, by such and such a date. And that date came and went, and Obama, I'm sorry, and Trump, rather, did not sanction Russia. He felt that it was already being, that the fact that we had these sanctions in place and could impose them was sufficient deterrent. Who is he kidding? Why is he such a friend of Vladimir Putin? What does Putin have on Donald Trump? I want to know. You want to know. Okay, let me get into the show I had prepared. It's hard because news breaks all during the, the day of the show also. I want to talk about uh, robots. I've been talking about robots for two years. You know what I think. They're coming. They've already came. Uh and they're going to be here sooner than you think. Uh, and they're going to replace humans at work. And we're not doing enough about it by way of talking about it. We're not doing enough about it to prepare our human workforce who either don't have jobs today or will, who will lose their jobs uh, to robots and artificial intelligence to be replaced in some other form of work. That's for the government to do. What's Trump doing? He's doing nothing to prepare us for this. He thinks these companies that are going to come back, these jobs that are going to come back, are going to be like they were 20, 30, 40 years ago. They're not going to be the same type manufacturing jobs. Major corporations, international corporations, have gone to robots and or are going to robots. There is a gentleman by the name of Andrew Yang. He has already announced that he is a candidate for president in 2020. Who's Andrew Yang? Who's ever heard of Andrew Yang? Well, Andrew Yang is one of those tech people who's made billions of dollars for himself uh, in the computer business. He's one of those guys, you know, and he wants to run now because he says he has knowledge and can help. And he's fearful that we're not taking steps, and we should be at this time taking radical steps 
to prevent a Great Depression level unemployment again, what we had in 29 and 30. All right. It would be a total societal breakdown, in his opinion. He believes that our country, our society, will be destabilized. And very simple. All these words are simple to understand by the example or examples I'm going to give you now. Uh, what do we have? Um, we have cars that are going to be driving themselves right away, which means trucks are going to be driving themselves. It's possible that within three years. One million truck drivers will be out of work because the trucks are driving themselves. (laughs) What do we do with those one one million truck drivers? That's unemployment on a massive scale immediately, overnight. He's also saying coming and coming in the next three years are retail workers, okay, call center workers, fast food workers, insurance company workers, accounting firm workers, most of whom are going to be out of work because robots are going to take over their jobs and no one's paying attention in this country and he's trying to wake us up. I've been trying to wake us up for two years. Moving on. President Obama and wife Michelle had official portraits painted. Uh, These portraits are hung in the the Smithsonian National Portrait Gallery in Washington. Uh, This is a big deal. The portraits were unveiled yesterday, and we had the opportunity of all of us to see them on television and other all over the Internet, the the two uh, artist conceptions of Barack and Michelle. Uh, Let me say this first about Barack's painting. I thought it was terrific. President Obama's painting was terrific. Uh, very casual appearing one. I thought that fit the guy, suited the guy to a T. Uh, good show, Mr. President. Michelle's I didn't like. <laughs> Unfortunately, it didn't look like Michelle. The face does not appear at all to be that of Michelle Obama's, who's a very beautiful woman in her own right. Uh, and that disappointed me. Other than that, it was a terrific concept of painting. Now, let me get to the painters. Uh, the Obamas selected the painters, and each had a separate artist. Uh, Mr. Obama, the president, had a fellow by the name of Kenhind Wiley, K-E-H-I-N-D-E, Kenhind Wiley, uh, a recognized artist, already successful, painting big time. Black. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm pointing it out because both he and both the president and Michelle selected their own painters and both happened to be black. Good move. Makes sense. Uh, the only thing, uh, there's a problem here with this Kenhid Wiley that the president selected to do his painting. And this is all over the Internet today. You know how fast things move uh, uh, when you get them on, on the Internet. It turns out that this Wiley, okay, uh, challenges in his paintings the power of white women. I repeat, he challenges with his paintings the power of white women. He has a fixation. It is described as a fixation. He paints black women decapitating white women. 
not one or two paintings, many. And they sell big, by the way. He has a picture of a beautiful black woman holding a sword in one hand and a white woman's head in the other, having just accomplished removing her head from the body with a swing of the sword. Now, I don't know. Did Obama know that this was the guy's specialty or he preferred doing paintings like this? Uh, that he had this fixation on white women. Uh, it I doesn't make sense to me that he would select this painter. And But knowing Obama, he does these things. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a supporter of Obama, whether he picked this guy knowingly or unknowingly. I think he's been one of the greatest presidents the country has ever had. Many of you will disagree with me, but that's what I believe. But this was a faux pas on his part, picking this guy if he knew of the man's painting background. Now as to Michelle, the lovely Michelle, who doesn't look like Michelle, uh, the artist was Amy Sherald, Amy Sherald, black also. Uh, interesting thing about Amy is, Amy as an adult has had a heart transplant. Would you believe a heart transplant? And is still performing as an artist, top shelf, first class, recognized worldwide. Want to talk briefly about the military parade. See, Donald Trump has to come back in some place. Uh, I think this military parade that the, the president wants to have, because he was in France, and he was sitting with the French president for two hours, and saw this wonderful, beautiful parade, and he wants the United States to have one. He sounds like a little kid who says, Oh, look at the boy across the street. He's got a new bicycle. I want a bicycle just like him, Mom, Pa. And he's crazy. We don't have military parades in this country. Uh, it's a form, in my opinion, of supervisual, superficial patriotism. Uh, it's an evidence. You know, we have a problem in this country. I don't know if you agree with me on this. But we are at that point in our history that we may be in the twilight of the United States as a world empire. You heard me. In the twilight as to whether the, of the United States as a world empire. Uh, people who want to be, who think they're sliding, would have a military parade. Countries of that nature. Or again, leaders who have a child mentality would do that. Uh, I don't understand. I don't understand why the president is clamoring for this new toy experience, okay? It is a new toy experience. And certain countries do this because they want to show they're strong, whether they are or not, or they want to threaten people. We don't want to do either. People know we're tough. Uh, at least Trump keeps telling people we're tough. But we don't need to be Russia, China, or North Korea. They are the ones that have military parades. It's not something we should be doing. We do not have to show off our political, our uh, war might, our military might. Then I want to move on to Washington here. Uh, I want to say something, and this bothers the hell out of me. The our national debt is rapidly approaching $21 trillion. I don't even know how much money that is, but that's got to be a hell of a lot of money. Uh, but what's Congress doing? They just passed a tax law that the president signed into law 
that gives, it's a large cut tax bill, okay? A large cut, which means we're going to be spending a lot of money. And now the president wants, in the new budget, a massive increase in federal spending. How can you have a massive increase in spending if you just had a massive cut uh, in income? You know, running the government is no different than paying your bills as a family. You sit at the kitchen table with the wife or one of you does it at a desk. And when the cash flow is good, you spend money. When the cash flow is petering, and it's petering with the federal government with this tax cut, it's a $1.5 trillion tax cut. Uh, you and the wife are going to say, we've got to cut back for a while on our expenses. Maybe we can't take that trip to Bermuda this year. Uh, maybe we can't get a new car this year. You've got to cut back. It's simple. It makes sense. But we are not doing it. To me, in view of the tax cut, I, and the large tax cut of $1.5 trillion, now we're going to have a massive increase in federal spending. This is absolute madness. I want to talk about Trump again. I can't help it, folks. It, it, he, he comes into these things. Uh, he never seems to acknowledge that women who have been sexually abused or have been done wrong in some way uh, have been hurt. He has no sympathy for them. He's always on the side of the man, especially if the man denies having done it. This Rob Porter, his secretary that just resigned, uh, he's alleged to have either beaten up one wife or two wives or did something to the both of them. And what does he say? He says, hey, he says, he denies it. And as long as he denies it, I've got to believe him. There's no proof. Remember, we've got due process in this country. Never one word, one iota of sympathy for the woman. And he does this consistently. And I'm beginning to wonder if he does it because recall during the campaign, I believe the number was 17 women, 17 women came forth and said the president sexually abused or sexually harassed me, the presidential candidate, and Trump denied each of them. If he, he denied it happened. And after all, I believe that if he acknowledges one of these women is correct, then the man's denial is meaningless and it would weaken his denial, which he believes the whole country believes he didn't do these things. Okay? Someday he's going to get his for this, for the abuse he seeped upon women. I want to talk about Groundhog Day. I missed it last week because I had too much Trump stuff to talk about. I want to talk about Groundhog Day for a moment. I want to start with chickens, though. Uh, quite a relationship, chickens and groundhogs. Uh, I wrote a lengthy article several years ago uh, for a local newspaper, Conk Life, uh, on the chicken problem in Key West. As those of you who know have been here, we have chickens all over the place. We have roosters, we have hens, and we have baby chicks everywhere. This town is buried in chickens. The tourists think, oh, they're beautiful, and they pictures of them. We who live here think they're terrible, they're ugly, and because they're sick. These are germ-infested things. But they're here. Uh, at the time when I did my research for this article, 
uh, it came to mind, you know, what what do roosters do? We all we we know, we understand rather, that when they wake up in the morning, they wake the farmer up with cock a doodle doo, and that's the wake up call. And whenever you hear a rooster cock a doodle doo, he's waking people up. Well, they ain't cock a doodle dooing to wake people up. I wrote, I'm laughing as I say this, but it's true, as I wrote in my article. The rooster cock-a-doodle-doos when he wants to get laid, when he wants to have sex. And when the hen hears him, you know what she does? She turns around and runs like hell in the opposite direction. We have enough chickens down here, my friends. I've watched this, and it works every time. Every time I hear the the rooster go, cock-a-doodle-doo, I look, and there's the hen. And she turns around, and she takes off. Now, let's talk about the groundhog, because there is a relationship here. Uh, groundhog Day is, what, uh, February 2nd or something uh, every every year. This began in 1887, first Groundhog Day, at Gobbler's Knob in a town in Pennsylvania I can't pronounce. It's Punxsutawney or something, P-U-N-X-S-U-T-A-W-N-E-Y. And the local merchant said, let's have this Groundhog Day. The hog they think it'll bring business to town, so they have it every year. Uh, now, what's the story about this? Well, the groundhog hibernates in the fall. He goes underground, he burrows a nest, and he goes to sleep. Uh, and he sleeps till the spring, not till February second, till the spring. He isn't supposed to get up February second. It's not early enough yet. It should be another month or two. His body, his body rate drops to 5% of what it normally is. I mean, this man is hibernating. All groundhogs, male and female, are hibernating. Okay, so what do they do on Groundhog Day? They've created this thing. You know, if he comes out, he sees, on February 2nd, he sees a shadow. He's going to go back in the hole because it's too cold. The winter's going to continue another six weeks. If he doesn't go back in the hole, springs around the corner. It's all bullshit. <laughs> Here's the story. You get it firsthand from me. It's like the chicken thing. They get the groundhog out on February 2nd by poking in the hole. He wouldn't come out. He isn't ready to come out for two months yet, but they get him to come out and go through this charade. The real reason the groundhog comes out when he does come out normally is because he wants to get laid. He hasn't had sex in several months. He comes out looking for a female groundhog so they can sleep together. They want to have sex, both of them. He definitely wants to have sex. But it isn't portrayed like that. Uh, they make him, you think he comes out to tell us what the weather's going to be. He's not a weather vane, my friends. There's more than one groundhog in more than one place. And the, the groundhog in this Pennsylvania community is called Phil. Has been called Phil since 1887. Well, other communities have Groundhog Days also. There's Milltown Mel in New Jersey in the early spring. There's Birmingham Bill in Birmingham, Alabama. And there's Staten Island Chuck, amongst many others. Want to talk about Ian Walsh? I discovered Ian Walsh last Welsh rather Ian Walsh last week. He's an English blogger. I like the guy. I like what he writes. Ian I A N Welsh W E L S H. He doesn't write his blog every day, once a week, every two weeks. He, whenever he gets, he's in the mood, he puts one out. We are in a time where equivalent, equal gender pay is an issue. Women are paid less than men, it seems, 70% less than men in this country, for example, for doing the same job. And it isn't right. 
And that's one of the movements in this country to have equality with regard to gender pay. Well, this is going to cost corporations a lot of money, and they're not enthused about doing this. Uh, There is a particular British corporation involved here, the BBC. The BBC is the British Broadcasting Company. It's a public service broadcaster in London. It's the world's oldest broadcasting organization. It also happens to be the largest broadcaster in the world. 20,950 full-time staff, plus another 35,402 of part-timers, flexible employees, and fixed contract type employees. What What is the BBC doing? Because they want gender equality when it comes to pay. Instead of giving the women a raise to what the man is making, they are taking the man's salary, I'm laughing, and decreasing it to the level of the woman's salary. Would you believe that? They're bringing the man's salary down to meet the woman so they don't have to give the woman a raise. They're going to save money. They're going to save money. They're saving that difference. It was in this country, they're saving that 30%, the difference between 70 and 100. They won't have to pay the man anymore. We pay the we bring it down to the woman's level, and neither gets a raise, and we save that 30% that we had been paying the men. This is what they're trying out at the British Broadcasting Corporation. Let's see how it works. I, I don't think so, but you never know in this world. Uh, I call this goose for the uh, what's good for the goose. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. There was a California Assemblywoman, Christina Garcia. Christina became very vocal locally and nationally when the Me Too movement got started about this sexual harassment, women and men and women, etc. She's been one of the leaders nationally. Well, what goes around comes around. And sure enough, (laughs) a male staffer, a male staffer has charged her with groping him in 2014. There was an assembly softball game. She approached him. His name is Daniel Fierro. He claims she squeezed his buttocks and tried to touch his crotch. She was drunk, he said. She said she was drunk. She doesn't even recall it happening. She just says, I don't know. The issue is under investigation by the state of California Assembly. Uh, But what goes around comes around. And don't say, well, it was in 2014, because women have gone back to 2005, 2007 to accuse men. But again, what goes around comes around. Uh, Let's see here now. Republicans run some stupid candidates, bad candidates, as we know from uh, Ralph Roy Moore, who ran in Alabama for the United States Senate. Well, Arthur Jones is running for the United States Congress on the Republican ticket. He is the Republican candidate. He can have no opposition because the deadline uh, to oppose him in a primary passed in December, and he's the only one who signed up to run on the Republican ticket. It's a congressional district in Illinois. It contains part of Chicago. Uh, I will say that it's normally a Democratic seat. I don't think he's going to do very well. But he is, and proudly so, an anti-Semitic, a racist, a radical leftist, a neo-Nazi, and he denies the Holocaust. 
He says it was an international extortion racket. Now, do you know why the Republicans run these things or people want to run who have these backgrounds on the Republican ticket? Because Trump, who's a nut and has a lot of these characteristics, ran and won. And if he can do it, they can do it. I want to talk about Key West very quickly. Irma, my book's out there. Remember, Irma and me, please buy it if you haven't bought it. You will enjoy it. It's not heavy. It's not it's humorous and heavy. It's an in-between thing. I'm all over the place with it. It's not just a hurricane coming in. It's what people do. Uh, stupid things. Like, I, I, one thing that bothered me, I remember I had to wait in line. There had to be 20 people waiting in line to go to the bathroom at the men's room outside, not inside the place. Men never wait to go to the bathroom. There were that many men waiting to go to the bathroom. I thought it was going to be my pants. Don't laugh. Uh, anyhow, we have a lot of debris here yet. It's five months. September 10th was the hurricane. We still have a lot of debris here. And we finally, the county, the state got the state roads cleaned up. The county roads, the back roads were slow to get cleaned up because it's just so much debris. Finally got the job done. We're left now with the canals. The canals have houses in them, cars in them, boats in them, TV sets, refrigerators. They have to be cleaned up. We have canals all over the place like Venice here. I want to wish Judy Bloom happy birthday. If you don't know who Judy Bloom is, uh, she's an Ernest Hemingway of Tennessee, Williams of John Hershey, all of who lived and wrote here in Key West. So has she. Judy's turned 80 years old yesterday. Uh, she's written uh, books, uh, children's books, young adult novels and adult novels. She wrote kids, How Do You Handle Your Menstruation and uh, Your First Kiss, etc., for teenagers. Her books have sold 80 million copies worldwide and have been translated into 30 languages. Judy Bloom, God bless you, and a happy birthday. That's the show for this week, my friends. Thank you for joining me. Take a look on Facebook every day. I do a, what do you call it? I, I do a live video where I criticize something or I comment on something, politics, the weather, who knows. You may enjoy it. It's only two or three minutes. Again, thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next week. <laughs>